Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book shop clerk, writer, and all-round good bloke, Aaron Thompson, about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, if you do enjoy the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Aaron Thompson. How's it going? Hey, hello. It's going great how are you <laughs> fantastic well we, we had quite a bit of a long uh, pre-chat because uh, yeah. the uh, the recording went a bit uh, awry um but and we've kind of almost fully caught up already <laughs> anyway yeah just but a little we bit can, we, we can do it bit. again for the listeners um, sure yeah they'll be interested in it <laughs> oh yeah definitely um but anyway i really really appreciate you being on uh, comics for the apocalypse today it's uh, it's, it's a real pleasure to have you on pleasure to be here absolutely Fantastic. Uh, and just for for those that don't know who you are, what do you do in the world of comics? Okay, so I uh, I work and I don't really know my actual title in the shop. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I ever learned it. But uh, I work in a comic book shop and games shop in Winchester. And I also do uh, artwork and occasional writing if uh, the creativity springs upon my mind uh, but sometimes but yeah I, I deal with all the nerdy background so uh, i'm your guy i'm i'm your book guy <laughs> absolutely and you you work at my uh, my local comic book shop comics yes, games yeah. and coffee um yes. and uh, yeah we we, we were kind of you know became acquainted with each other when i came into the shop just introducing myself um as a as a local creator um Absolutely. and then um basically you you've now introduced me to some uh other local comic book fans that are setting up a, a winchester comic con next year yeah yeah it's really exciting i i just so happened to be taken on to the uh the committee team for that as well just out of the blue it was like hey we need a person and everyone else was busy that day and i was like sure i'll do it <laughs> so i i took that on under my wing and now we've got you as a as a lovely guest a, a lovely guest for the con which oh, is going to be great right. it's going to be fantastic yeah, it's and it's what was it again i think it's march 20th yeah march 20 i, I want to say 21st i think it's a saturday yeah because weekends are better Apparently, oh, right, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. No doubt. yes, right. it is. Sorry, March the twenty first. Yeah, March twenty first uh, in Winchester. I mean, uh, is is there going to be a website up soon? Yeah, I think they have got. Um, I know they've got a Facebook yeah, no. page. No. Uh, it's literally. I'm pretty sure it's Winchester. Oh, it's so confusing. One of them is Winchester Convention. Yeah, and um, one is WinCon twenty twenty. So it, it you'll find it with a search. Basically, yeah, if it's, it's, win, it's really WinCon twenty twenty. It will probably come up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're uh, they're they're doing a real good job with it. The the yeah. the team behind it are very dedicated, and it's. I think it's going to be real fun and real fantastic. So oh, definitely, I can't, I can't wait. wait. And uh, the bonus for me is that it's just down the road. So, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's the easiest. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Instead of having to to travel hours here, there, and everywhere. Oh um, yeah, it's going to be great just to kind of drive around the corner drop off my yeah. comics and then yeah <laughs> even i'll be i'll probably be able to walk there to be honest yeah i was just thinking the same thing i'm like three minutes away from the convention it's like oh this is perfect oh, i don't have to get a train amazing. i don't have to do any of that it's great it's so fantastic looking forward to it man brilliant uh, yeah. and then you're the, the the shop comics games and coffee uh, what's the website yes. for that if people want to uh so we have two shops and we all go under one little banner it is cgc emporium uh it instantly comes up they've been around the other shop has been around for five years we've actually literally about 15 days ago uh so about two weeks uh celebrated our second birthday so we're, we're having a good old time thank you i feel like it's it's a uh, child and it's growing it's <laughs> growing growing far too quick because it's really um, good the way that the shop is kind of set up because obviously you do coffee you, you you say exactly what it is on the tin 
Yeah, um, literally. It's comics, games, and coffee. <clears throat> You've got a, 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 a small coffee uh, cafe, uh, but yeah. then obviously you got all the comics on the shelves, but then you've got games tables. Yeah, well. it's fantastic. Yeah, And we we don't just cover, like, it's it's when you think of games, it's usually, like, oh, they'll probably do, you know, card games, Magic the Gathering, things like that. Mm-hmm. But we literally do everything. We've got a board game library, massive shelves full of board games. Uh, we do D&D nights, alternate role plays, everything that you can think of, Warhammer, the lot. We work directly with Games Workshop, so it's not like we're just a, a little shop in the corner. We've We've... We've got that nice footing. We're do- we're doing well for that, that kind sense. of stuff. And you got an yeah. epic Warhammer event going on tonight, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like literally straight after this, I'll be going to the shop and running some uh, some nice war games. Hopefully, not too stressful and people don't go at each other's throats. But yes, uh... <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it can get quite heated. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm. I think it'll be uh, it'll be okay though. The guys who are playing are pretty chill, but. That's the good thing as well. We've got a nice community that uh, that flock to the shop, so it's it's really good. It's a, it's a nice place to just chill a little bit, you know. Great, man. I'm gonna have to come to one of those events at some point. Oh, for uh, sure, the games events. Um, I mean, Literally I've, I've only been in day. Winchester two months, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get around to it once I've finished all the DIY in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get those important bits done first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just little bits, you know, that just niggle at you, and you just want to get them done. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all good. But that aside, um, unfortunately, I do have some bad news for you, Aaron. Oh, no. And that is that a nuclear bomb is heading straight for Southampton. So, oh, okay. not, not directly on, onto Winchester. Right? Okay. Just onto cool. Southampton. So, you're not in the immediate impact zone, uh, but you are in the nuclear fallout. And sure. so, my, my okay. question is for you what is your action plan for survival? Right. Well,. I mean, hoping that I've got a bit of, like, leeway time. It's not like, are we straight into the fallout, or are we just going, like, I've got time to run, go get things. Yeah, yeah, go. there's a, the the, uh, the bomb sirens are going off. Okay, like right, that. okay. Yeah. So, hopefully, I'm a little bit prepared. You know, I've, I've got some tinned food. I can take that to begin with, you know. Um, I'm, I'm going to need some weapons. Uh, maybe just to begin with a stick a stick will do something oh, yeah. big something heavy maybe a yeah, and yeah it's something i can just carry or get a new one you know that kind of thing yeah. um and then i've always said there's a <laughs> there's a few locations in the uk like uh burlington bunker and right. the uh anstruther rotor base which are like anti-nuclear protective systems that are deep underground the burlington bunker is literally a city wide uh underground system um which was made in the cold war to evacuate people to and protect them and it's very it's still standing and doing well i think the last thing i heard a guy who owned a pub bought it and so he just has it now Uh, but you can probably get in there without people realizing yeah but a lot of people know about that place so a lot of people go uh, it's it's uh, Essex, I think. Essex. <laughs> yeah, uh, Berlin. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to note uh, that down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, put so it on my favourite places on Google Maps so that I can, I can <laughs> yeah. get there if I need to. Yeah, absolutely. But the one that people don't know is um, or know well is Anstruther, okay. which is um, up in Scotland, and that one's uh, it was a converted base, which is like half and half underground mm. uh, and and above ground, so you can go pretty deep and still be pretty safe and well it only holds about 300 people but um but i i, I think i can make it maybe <laughs> maybe risk making it to there although if the bomb's dropping i think i'm uh, i don't know if i could make it to either essex or uh it's scotland without a car um so <laughs> i feel a little bit screwed there a little bit definitely but there was one thing I was I was listening to you talk to uh, Dylan Gilbertson, great, and he made me realize something. Uh, I'm also type one diabetic, right? So I somehow have to get all the insulin to keep me going through a nuclear apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <somehow>. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm gonna have to try and I don't know, try and get to boots. I think <laughs> get oh, get yeah. as much as I can. Um, I guess. 
But I didn't really think about that. I didn't think about the thing that I deal with every day. Yeah, yeah, the thing you need every day that keeps you alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, (laughs) I was like, "Oh no, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be safe. I'll have my tinned beans, and I'll be okay." Well, yeah, that that one threw me back. I was like, "Okay, right. Let me rethink this one then." (laughs) Definitely. Um, So let's let's say that you've you've managed to stop stop by Boots. Uh, You've you've actually got some. plenty supply of insulin for you um sure. along with along with copious amounts of tinned food um and then is anybody coming with you um it's i would hope my friends were competent enough to not just sit in their house yeah but um <laughs> i would my family are all up up north so i can't really get to them so i'm hoping they're just gonna do their thing and be safe yeah. Um, so I might just be a lone, uh, a lone ranger on this one. I think I might have to just, oh, out. just yeah, yeah, just. And I tell you what, let, 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 let's say that you've managed to find find a car, and sure. you've managed to get ahead of the curve, and sure. you know you've you've managed to get on the motorway and things before before the queues really start piling up, uh, and you're sure. on your way up north, right, um, heading towards your family. Um, and you start on on the journey. You start reminiscing about comics, of course. Sure, uh, yeah, they take over then, my life. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and uh, the first first question that you ask yourself is, "What's the first comic you remember enjoying?" You know, that is so, it's such a difficult one. Yeah. Um, I oh, trying to think of of which which book is the because I. I been around them like all my life basically Mm. and there was one i was there was one i was trying to remember the name of which i must have i think it was like my dad's or my uncle's and it was just in my grandparents house just on a shelf i read it one day but i can't remember the name of it so i it clearly wasn't that favorable (laughs) like i can't i can't have enjoyed it that much but there was one and it's don't don't steal kids. I promise. This is just a yeah. thing. <laughs> I I was really young, and there was one called uh, Archer's Quest, which is a Green Arrow book by uh, Brad Meltzer and Phil Hester. Yeah. Um, they it was in a library, and I took the book out, and ultimately, because I was young and forgetful, very young, maybe like three, four, oh, something right, like right. that. Yeah, I was I was real young. Pro- maybe shouldn't really have been reading this book yeah, at that not. at that age. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I totally forgot to give it back, and then we moved, so they never got it back. And I still have the book <laughs> to this day on my shelf. Um, no. <laughs> like I found it when I was moving uh, down to Winchester, and I was like, "Huh, that can come with me. <laughs> this That's is crazy. this is the book that travels." So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a. I remember enjoying it so much because it was very different. Like I, I knew the characters. Mm. Um, I don't know how I knew Green Arrow at that age, but apparently I did. And I was just like, "Oh yeah, I know this guy. He's like Robin Hood, but Batman." Um, yeah. yeah. But he's like he's just dealt with coming back from the dead, basically. Um, all his friends that like Barry Allen was dead or is dead. Uh, Hal Jordan is dead. Spoilers for like twenty years ago. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he's dealing with this and. There was he sees this picture of his funeral, and there's a guy there that he just doesn't recognize, and so he goes around and to make sure his family is safe, he collects all the uh, the bits that these dead friends have uh, gave him over the years and stuff so that can't be like linked back to his family because they've all got little mementos and things like that, and so he teams up with uh, Roy Harper, who's Red Arrow or Arsenal and whatever name he was going by at that point mm. and, and just goes through so many different like memories and old locations he goes to his there's some nice little commentary so they go back to their arrow cave <laughs> so they just see like the arrow car and things like that so did we ever really um this, this is real original you know <laughs> like yeah. they look at the stuff like who thought an arrow car was a good idea uh, all these thematic names it's like and the spider-man like helicopter and stuff like that like, yeah yeah and it, <laughs> right. it there's always like a constant nod to it it's always yeah. like there's the guy who's in the picture um he was actually completely irrelevant to the story as it turns out but he's called he was he's called Catman, and he's right. a, like a knockoff villain ki- kind of guy who just copied batman 
And so right. it was just constant nods to this cheesy uh, era of heroes and villains, like having the, having these terrible, like having these thematic everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it just constant nods to that, but it is a pretty, it's, it's a nice, nice book at the same time. I remember, I think I've read three or four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I actually recently uh, Sam, who who uh, I work with. I gave him, I, I was telling him about Archer's Quest, and yesterday we got our delivery, and he, I saw it on top, I was like, whoa, where, how, why have we got this? He's like, oh, you talked about it, so now I'm going to read it. I was like, oh, cool. Oh, I'm, I'm passing this little message around of this book that I accidentally stole from a library. Um, yeah. <laughs> is it, sorry, is it a trade? Or? Yeah, so it's currently a trade. It used to be in it, it was a short, um, I want to say eight issue run. Right. But it, it it's now a trade, and it's yeah. it's it's oh, it, it, it's short and sweet, but it packs a lot in at the same time, which is oh, nice. Great. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of you know, clear and concise, and a nice solid story. Um, yeah, that's yeah. great, fantastic. And so, have you have you always been into into comics since that age, or were there any points in your life where you kind of fell out of comics and then came back in, or has it always yeah. been consistent? I, I actually, I never thought it would happen, but when I was, um, f- from that point till maybe I was about 13, I think, mm. uh, when I hit 13, there was just this point in my life where I didn't connect to any comic books or yeah. much of the writing that was going on. So I fell out of this massive era of comic books that was like right. huge, especially for for um, DC and Marvel, where they had so much going on with like... Um, prior to the new 52 and stuff like that and and they're these like Jim Lee written uh, Jim Lee drawn not written these Jim Lee uh, lines and stuff like everything that Tony S. Daniel and and people like that were just Grant Morrison were doing amazing things for these companies and I just missed it all Uh, (laughs) yeah but then I would say um, just as the new 52 came in uh, was when I picked comic books back up again so it was for maybe like four-ish years i would say mm. I, I maybe if i said 11 to th- 15 i didn't really read much yeah. um and i really fell out of of comic books but then instantly picked back up with with batman and everything like that it was uh, which the new 52 wasn't very popular for a lot of people yeah. and i've always been a dc boy i've loved my marvel as well but Batman's my guy, um, yeah. Definitely. So the new, the new Fifty Two Batman run just kind of hit me. That was like, yes, this is mine. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> your, your wheelhouse. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, and so uh, your your mind wanders once again, um, mm-hmm. and you ask yourself, what's the funniest or the comic that made you laugh out loud the most? Funniest. There was, <laughs> so there was this one issue of. Justice League this year. It was Justice League 29, and it's written by Scott Snyder and Bruno Dondo. I can't say his last name. Uh, Dodondo, I think it is. Um, uh, did Redondo, the I think it is. I Redondo. Think Redondo? Yeah, I think it is. It's with an R, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I'd, terrible with names. Uh, <laughs> but this one book, it was fascinating. This, Throughout the entirety of the Justice League story that has been going on, um, the character Starro has been like reborn as this little child version of himself inside of a jar. And he's just got these nice little quips and things like that. But this whole issue was about him being... Um, he had a dr- whole dream sequence where he was Robin. And in his mind, he's kind of taken Batman on as his adoptive father, even though Batman has no idea. So, like, occasionally he just leaves a comment. It's like, yeah, thanks, Dad. And then Batman's like, what? (laughs) um, So this whole issue, he's like, he's... uh, I'm pretty sure he was fighting off, like, Deathstroke. Um, He's like, Batman's getting beat, and he just... Like flies in out of nowhere on a rope and just throws a, uh, a like a batarang at Deathstroke and takes him down. He's like, "Don't worry, Dad, I got this." And it's just this sweet little thing. But I just, I just love the character so much with what Scott Snyder's done for him. And I, I was when I was reading this book, it was so obscure because there was so so much going on at the time. Um, it fit into the story, but it was just 
out of nowhere this whole um, this whole book about <laughs> just Jaro being this needy child to Batman. And it was oh, it was it was fantastic. I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> I, I got reminded. I remember, of, when was yeah. that? How long ago was that? Oh, this one was I want to say March, maybe. Okay, maybe so March. Just, just just this year. Yeah, yeah, just this year. Yeah. It's um, it's oh, it was such a fantastic. Such, I, I definitely recommend if if not reading the whole run, which yes. a lot of like the whole Snyder run, uh, which I recommend. But that that single issue is just a you, you'll soon love Jaro. He's always been this weird character anyway. Like the character of Starro and Jaro has been. Very bizarre. Oh, uh, ha! Nice. <laughs> yeah, um, he's yeah. He's always been weird, but they've just done something absolutely fantastic with this little guy, and it, it's great that he eventually, like Batman, he has this like whole rage out moment where he's like, "Oh, people don't understand me." He's kind of turning into a teenager, and right. he's like almost killing everyone. And Batman just goes up. He's like, "Don't worry, kid." I've got faith in you. And he just like cries and it's like, oh no. <laughs> oh, this this sweet little starfish. It's uh yeah. It's uh it's um it's it's great. It's great. It's a lot of fun. That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, I'll have to try and uh, try and get into that because it's not too far into into the run because it is number twenty nine. Yeah, I think it's they're only on I mean, it's, well, they're lot, coming... it's not that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're coming close to the end of their run now for that right. that series, uh, right. that Snyder series. But mm. um, I think they're they're only doing like fifth, sixty or so. So it's kind of like halfway point. But it's yeah. um, it's real good. It's real good. Nice yeah. man. Um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit. Um, and uh, the next question that comes up is: What's the saddest or most upsetting comic that you've read? Oh. Now, so when I was a when I was growing up, um, I used to collect a lot of comic books. So there was a lot of older comic books as well that would slip in there that I had no reason to have otherwise, um, <laughs> other than having them. And there was there was always ones in my mind like the death of Gwen Stacy was a big one and things like that. Yeah. But there was just this one issue after Infinite Crisis. Um, which was in Superman, and it was seven twelve, and it was uh, uh, Rick Leonardi and Kurt Busiek, and so, so Superboy dies in Infinite Crisis, and it's it's really sad sad any, anyway that he dies because like oh he saved everyone he flew around the world, but this whole issue is about um, crypto, so yeah. Superman's dog and stuff, yeah. searching Earth to find his best friend. Wow, and there's just this one. Oh, it's so sad. This one uh, part after he's used his senses, he finds that uh, Superboy has died, and there's this like he just howls, and it goes like around the whole Earth, and he then flies to the moon. And they so when they were there's like flashbacks when he was a uh, like alive when Superboy was alive, he would play fetch with a manhole cover. Uh, in Smallville, yeah. because obviously it's crypto, and if it was a frisbee, that thing's gone. Um, <laughs> but he was he was he'd play fetch with it, and he takes the manhole cover to an asteroid in space, and just kind of like sits there looking at the manhole cover, and just like it's, it's so sad. And I'm I'm such a massive dog person, so that whole issue, I was just like, no, crypto, why? <laughs> Just like, oh, they they really threw that curve. Just yeah. seeing a sad dog, like yeah. it's, it's even more upsetting than seeing a sad like somebody that's upset. Yeah, like just seeing a sad dog is like, oh. <laughs> I think that's a kind of. It's not just. I think it's animals in general for me. I think that's why yeah. I, I was. It was kind of sad when with, with the whole Jaro thing as well. When he's like, oh, I've got a dad now, but this dog, when it's a dog, it's just like, oh. It just hurt. It hurt me. I was like, "No, why? Why do you do this to us?" It was just a single issue out of out of everything, a follow up issue, and it was just, oh, it hurt. It hurts my chest to think about. (laughs) Really upsetting. Yeah, it's like, oh, the the poor dog, and he travels around the around the earth and tries to find out where he's gone, where his best friend has gone. Oh, it's so sad. And yeah, obviously, it didn't. It didn't end well. 
No, no, it didn't. Say, no, no, I'm trying to say it's like the opposite of Homeward Bound or something like that. You know. Oh, yeah. Why are you going to make it sadder, man? Why are you? Gonna... <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brutal. Uh, well, let's let, let, let's uh, switch it up again. Sure. Um, so the, ne- the next question is: uh, What's the scariest or most horrifying comment? Scariest. So, I, so I'm a massive horror fan in terms of like, but Great. a very, I, it's very niche. Like, I love classic horror films, um, and there's a few current ones. I like the most recent Blair Witch that came out. Okay, that, I haven't seen that yet. It's I like the original one. People don't like the shaky cam, but it kind of falls into it. Yeah. Um, the new one's a little bit better because they use drones and like uh, gimbal yeah. mounts, so it's actually stable. <laughs> yeah. But um, there was something that about that the sur- surrealism of it that really stuck to me. And so I read, uh, being a massive fan of like I'm a huge fanboy of Scott Snyder. Mm. Um, he teamed up with. Jock, and I know this is this is a book that's been mentioned before, and I'm hoping you've read it since you mentioned it. Um, <laughs> this is Witches <laughs> by yet, Jock. And, not yet. Oh. I wish I had, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just have not got around to it still. I'll, I'll lend you a copy. Oh, that'd um, be great, actually. Yeah, yeah. Witches by Jock and Scott Snyder. Yeah. So, the f- first of all, the f- the first issue, like within the first few pages of the first issue of the book of the book series is was is brutal there's this child there's this uh woman like she's trapped in a tree and she's like screaming for help and she's asked saying this name and then you see that it's a child and you're kind of like all right cool that's her child and the kid just looks at her and then just without it's not much of a spoiler really because they're not really main characters um there's nothing big there he just clubs around the head because he's like okay. entranced, basically. And like the it's it, the Jock's art style is so it's so specific to me. Um, there's like a he he does this thing. I've actually got his art book. That he does this thing where he layers over um, his his um, processes. So he'll do. He'll get take like the pencils and then take the uh, the color layers and like put them over each other to see what they look like first and then do it. It's it's insane and it's it's fantastic. But then he when he designed the the witches in the series, making everyone has this like stereotypical imagery of them. So it's like that you know long nose, pointy hat kind of thing. He was like, no, these things are gonna be gross and spindly and 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 i know um that's been mentioned before but there was a that i read this after watching blair witch right and they did a very similar thing in theirs where it's um they they had these spindly arms and uh they were creatures they weren't people really so it, it it's that surrealism that kind of hooks onto my my classic horror film heart really <laughs> where nothing was realistic it wasn't just ghosts and jump scares yeah that 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 book which is was is the one that uh i've definitely stuck to yeah, really giving you nightmares yeah yeah a little bit a little bit i mean <laughs> i read there I'm, um, I'm really gonna have to borrow that borrow copy you'll have to i'll, 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 give, to I'll give you bad shop. egg as well i've got um okay. they've got i know now i I'm pretty sure it, it's released. I know they've gotten they're doing more, right? But Bad Egg was like a, they released it at Easter, and it was was it Easter this year or last year? Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was in it was in the past couple of years. Uh, it was like a very thick, I think like a seventy page book or something like that, um, and it was just a like a one shot before they do anything else, and it's oh, so good. So good. I'll have to give you it. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that'd be great, man. As long as the apocalypse doesn't, doesn't Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't actually happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah. the next question uh, that comes up in your mind is, uh, what is your favourite cover? Favourite cover? So, favourite cover... Hmm. I always... Uh, with thinking of covers, because I've got that... 
I, I'm an artist, so I've got that artist kind of mind to things. I, I, there's certain things that stick out to me, but I always think towards what made the biggest like message and gave gave a big impact kind of thing for this mm. kind of thing. Yeah, thing. Um, yeah. The there's there's always like a Crisis on Infinite Earths where you know you got Superman holding holding Supergirl and stuff like that. Um, but for me, it's, it's Green Arrow, Green Lantern, 85. And the creative team always skips my mind. I think it was uh, Neil Adams. Right. I think. I told you who it was. But yes, Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill. Yeah, that's the one. It always slips my mind. Um, but this one was very big because... Around this time, the comics code had been circulating quite a bit, and there's there's so many um, lockdowns on what you can have in a book and things like that. And for this book, they, along with um, Amazing Spider-Man ninety five through ninety eight, right. I believe um, they, I think it was those ones. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they decided, kind of screw it. <laughs> we'd, <Yeah. laughs> we'd, we want this story to be told so this is how we're going to get the impact and with Green Arrow, Green Lantern they had, it was the pivotal moment where uh, Green Arrow discovers that Roy Harper is a a drug addict is a heroin addict he's a junkie and he's a, he he's a junkie, yeah the big the big <laughs> bubble on the on the front yeah. <laughs> my partner's a junkie um no. yeah that kind of thing it's like no and hal jordan's shocked in the background he's like no no what's going on um but having something like that on the front cover was just it was huge like oh, you would never yeah. you would never see anything anything like that and it was a it was a big message i know at the time because it was such a big and there still is a big problem with uh, with opiates and, and things like that. Um, mm. But around this time, especially in New York and places mm. like that, there was such a big impact on, on what it can do to people. And so this story was like a whole, how do I deal with, you know, my best friend, my partner having this problem and keeping it secret from me. So it was that big impact from just from that cover alone. And I mean, as I said, Amazing Spider-Man did it where they were—they just didn't care. They just removed the comics code thing, and they were like, "Yeah, the Green Goblin's back, baby, and he's doing—and he's <laughs> evil and killing people." And here's the front cover, and it's weird. But this one was a bit more subtle. It was like, well, I say subtle. He was literally shooting up on the cover. Yeah, um, exactly. there's, there's a needle and a, yeah. a little vial, and he's holding his arm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's literally clearly just injected. Yeah, but he's literally like. It, it was the the thought behind it. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah. it's a bad guy being bad. It's like this yeah. is a this is close to home for a lot of people. Mm. So that kind of thing really stands out for me specifically to get a message across. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it must be fairly um, differentiating from everything else on the newsstand. The yeah, time. and like, I mean, seeing this kid. You know, holding his arm with a with a needle in front of him. Yeah, um, and kind yeah. of you know at the top it's the shocking truth about drugs. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, DC attacks youth's greatest problem. Dot dot yeah. dot drugs. Yeah, um, and things like yeah, and I mean you got Hal Jordan there, kind of you know questioning it, and uh, Green Arrow is looking really shocked mm. um, that he's a junkie and things. It must have been fairly. Kind of, you know, you're, you're taken aback as a as a reader of both of those comics. Oh, for sure. I mean, it it if you say how had, had your classic spinner rack in a in a comic shop or something like that, mm. having that at the you know at the forefront of your there's your DC comics, and this this was a huge run. Everyone loves the Green Arrow, Green Lantern run as well. So this one mm. was just massive, having this this big issue, you know, tack tackling such a big topic surrounded by things like you know the fantastic four who were still pretty campy at the time i've got to say right. yeah um and then the it, it also helps helped pave the way for sure and i know a lot of people have said this 
um, in when discussing this book as well. Um, it I would say it paved the way for a lot of other creative uh, directions. So Batman got a lot grittier and darker. His yeah. costume went from that bluish purplish tint you know to a, a gray and a black and a, a light gray and then eventually just went completely black yeah. um, so it it really helped the progression of comic books to what we know them today and the ability to what we can do in comic books today so it and it from that from this this one issue that was just like no comics code stand back we're giving a message <laughs> yeah exactly get out of here yeah the crazy yeah. comics code <laughs> yeah and now look at look at the books that we can have out t- today wow, yeah it's another level isn't it and yeah it's, it's thanks to comics like that i guess and you know i i wasn't aware of of, of this particular one um and so it's, it's interesting for me as kind of you know a fairly new comic fan having only really got into comics in the past five years to find out about this history um yeah and things so it's uh it's really uh enlightening um yeah kind of, it gives it gives it a nice foundation in terms of you seeing the progression over the over the past few decades of of where comics have come from and how they got to where they are today yeah i would i would 100 percent agree and i'd i would also say for a lot of people it gives that um for a lot of people who are just getting into comic books and things like that uh and the whole area um that it gives a bit of that uh background to you know there's more to this medium than than you know and it's not just oh the funny books came out for a while and they were just on the shelves and got a bit you know got a bit darker and the more meaningful there's there was a whole scene there was a whole uh, movement to bring to bring comic books to what we know them today and and to abandon these these censorships that we that we do have uh, that well that we had should i say because after this dc then took on uh it was a little bit later but they took on their own um age rating system as opposed to the comics code and then marvel just completely dropped it in general they're like no we're just not going to bother so it it's it is it's just very interesting to have that that bit of background knowledge a little bit I would say yeah and know that history yeah things yeah really interesting that's awesome man um and so uh we we we'll move on to our our next question sure. um and that is uh what is the most underrated comic most oh underrated. no hang on hang on sorry I, <laughs> I I skipped a question again you skipped a question um this is this is the second time that I've done that. Um, oh. Just going back and forth between windows again. Um, yeah. I meant to say, what is the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, the most meaningful. I was very confused there. I was like, "Whoa, we're changing yeah. it around. Skip, What's going on?" Answer. <laughs> um, so the most meaningful to me, I think I briefly mentioned it. The um, New Fifty Two Batman run is the run that got me back into comic books, and it evidently got me to where I am today. So. Batman number one by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. It's literally the book that has shaped my entire path going forwards um, from that point to where I am today to what I'm obsessed with. <laughs> so mm-hmm. from, I mean, so much so that uh, the first tattoo I ever got was a uh, a piece that Greg Capullo had done, which was Batman and Robin just oh, on a rooftop. Cool. And it was his his first ever um, Batman and Robin, from what I understand, his first ever Batman and Robin professional drawing uh, that that he'd done. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take that and get that put on my body. Nice. Um, but this this run really, it, and it's one that I just recently, the, the other day, I actually a guy came in and he was like, I just I just watched the Dark Knight uh, Returns, the the uh, Frank Miller. Um, animated film and he he knew there was a book but he's like what should i read to you know carry on and this is the their their entire run from that point forwards was pivotal it it's where a lot of people now uh, are ob- obsessed with comic books from it they they introduced the court of owls they killed the joker they killed batman you, you know they made jim gordon batman at the end of it they had this whole um this 
I think it was four to five year run of just dif- these different stories and these different arcs that were groundbreaking to me, I would say, and for a lot of people. And I, re- I just remember picking up that number one and really being taken aback. This younger Bruce Wayne, you know, um, they'd done a little bit prior to it with the zero year stuff, but he was really just getting a grips of being Batman. And he was a, he was still a person. He wasn't just this, this brooding, uh, monster of a man that leaps around from building to building. He's actually dealing with his, his life at the same time and taking on these wards and discovering he's, you know, he's got a child and things like that, dealing with all, all of these different emotional, uh, areas, but then still being that focal point of he's Batman, like just, you know, that all of that. And I, I would definitely say their progression, uh, with many DC characters of what we see today in, uh, film and TV. So a lot of inspiration comes from, uh, the way they, so for example, the, when they did the, the Joker and he cut off his, he got his face cut off and things like this. Mm-hmm. And the, the character had this very to it. He was either very min- minimalistic or very eccentric with how he took things. So how he, how the Joker, um, de- you know, dealt his dues to Gotham. Um, and the, the character was then in the TV show, Gotham, um, the actor, Cameron Monaghan, Monaghan, I can't again terrible with names uh, <laughs> he took that and the writers took that and split it into two characters but they also did the same thing of you know removing his face and things like that um, they had these this twin aspect uh, much like Snyder did with the character and Capullo uh, evidently showed off in the artwork um, and the it, it was just absolutely fantastic, and uh, Jonathan Glapian, who does the uh, does the inking for it as well, just really made the made the uh, the feel of Gotham realistic in a sense. Like the right. the um, color schemes behind everything was were very. Um, they were, it was it was very present that there was a lot of thought gone into it. And I know a lot a lot of inkers do a, an amazing job, but there's this certain thing that you just kind of have to get right with with Batman and with Gotham and that location. A lot of people tend to drown it out in in dull colors and and it's all oh it's it's gritty and awful mm-hmm. and, and miserable. <laughs> but he he allowed a bit of color to come through like some lighter color to come through right. uh which is a nice little artistic representation of a bit of hope you know to be yeah. built on top of the city um which uh which i i love i i just love that run <laughs> with all my heart <laughs> absolutely nice, um yeah it's it's great to kind of uh notice those things um that you know there is hope within the the art and things um yeah and just those those little touches. I mean, it's yeah, it's just great to have a have such a, an iconic run that kind of yeah really got you back into into comics and and one that you can always go back to. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's it it, it was such a long well a long run for them, and they're finally just um, not. I won't say finally. It's actually quite sad. They're only recently ending their journey with Batman. So they did their whole um, New 52 run, and it even ran into the Rebirth event with Dark Knight's Metal and things like that. But now they've got this... uh, DC has their Black Label series. And Scott Snyder, Capullo, and Glapian have all been working on The Last Night on Earth, which is a three-book run of their farewell to that team working on Batman, which is, um, is beautiful in, in its own right as well. So I think it's an, it's a nine year, a nine year run at this point in total, eight, eight, eight year run in total. 
yeah it's oh beautiful Very work well. yeah. yeah no doubt man no doubt that's awesome um, and so moving on to uh, to the the next question, sure. That I, uh, <laughs> like, uh, <put> <laughs> Almost jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. <laughs> yeah, that's a better phrase for it. Um, what's the most underrated comic that you've read? Underrated. Um, I, I like how I, I every time you ask, I like I take the last word. I'm like underrated. <laughs> um, so just to make sure, just to make sure, I, I know exactly which one you're saying. Um, it's it's difficult to say because you could have. With the you know phrasing of underrated, you could have it's either not a lot of people read it, or a lot of people dislike it, mm. and it's been you know kind of shelved away for a while. But I, I like the first um, the first use uh, it's to shed a bit more light onto onto books that don't really get the recognition that they deserve, um, just because people miss out on it. Uh, or of something alike, and for me, it's a it's a book which is actually quite popular in our in our shop um, right. called Isola, and it's written by Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kershaw, uh, who is they're like two best friends from Canada who when they were growing up. It's it's, it's actually funny. I met uh, Brendan. At Thought Bubble a couple of weeks ago, and right. he was telling us this story how um, uh, when they were, <laughs> when they were growing up, they were both artists, and then they realised, wait, hold on, we need a writer, so one of us is going to have to take the bullet. Uh, right. <laughs> so so Brendan was like, "You're better than me. I'll I'll take it. I'll 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 jump I'll jump on this one, okay?" And it's kind of just paved the way for um, for everything that they've done so far, and with Isola. It's such a, I mean, the artwork itself throughout the book is phenomenal. It's the colors, um, it's very, it's very fantasy based. So the colors are very contrasting in how they can sit. You've got um, like bright greens next to a, 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 a regular purple kind of color. So it pops, um, yeah. but it's basically the book is about a, uh, a queen and their and her royal guard uh, who have to flee a city after the queen is turned into a tiger uh, mm. by her brother basically and they then there's this massive plot against her against the queen throughout the city and it's kind of like a, a, a coup almost right. and but they have to find her brother in the land of Isola which is actually the land of it's like the entrance way to the land of the dead kind of thing. Right. And he has to lift the curse and return so they can return the queen to the throne. And they've only got one book so far. They did, they've done issues leading up and their second book is meant to come out in February. Their second um, trade is meant to come out in February. Um, but there's, there's so much to this story that it's just such a beautiful uh, adventure and narrative leading through it from Brendan and just the the world that they've built this this um absolutely just completely new world that they have is uh, is absolutely stunning and it's just one that a lot more people should read it was it was nominated for an Eisner um but I think it was I think it was nominated in terms of like you know when you can do the self and not the self-nominations, but the public nominations. Right. So it had a lot of uh, public nominations for best, I think it was like best upcoming or best new creation or something like that, and uh, for the artwork as well. Um, But I feel like deep down it might have just been everyone from our shop um, voting for it. So so I kind of want to... I told Brendan this when I met him, and he was like, "He was like, well, thank you guys for you know for that." Yeah, I appreciate um, but that. Yeah, it's a, it, but it is a stunning book, and a lot of people should yeah. be, hundred percent should pick it up and give it a read and look out for the it, next it is, one. It is absolutely beautiful looking at it, um, just on the previews on the image website oh, yeah. there, um, and yeah, just the colours, um, and everything, and the and the character designs. Oh well. yeah, yeah, they've got this just. It's just lovely how it progresses through as well, and there's the emotional story behind it as well uh, through their journey um, is 
and it, it it's only been uh, you know it's only been a few issues they've only got one trade out but it's just it is very gripping and it's very it's such a nice story that um that it it just needs to be read um <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent Nice man, always good to get those out there to people. Yeah, for sure. Um, to recommend it, that's great, man. Um, now we come on to our most difficult question, yes. uh, and that is for you: what is the best comic of all time? Oh my! This honestly, this question is brutal. So, it's so brutal. Yeah. A lot of them were very hard. Like I, the amount of times I would turn to, I was sat in the shop on Sunday. And mm. I, I got you the got the questions to you like late, <laughs> like my yeah. my my uh, my answers were done quite late, um, but <laughs> they were they were so difficult. I was sat like screaming at people like I don't know. There's so <laughs> many in my head. <laughs> like, like, I don't ah, just racking my brain. Uh, but my my uh, fate my the, the one that I would say would probably be the best and. I, again, I'm. I feel like myself and uh, Dylan Gilbertson would get along very well. <laughs> it sounds it kind of from both of your choices and the fact that you have a a common condition. <laughs> yeah, we just we would just like uh, high five each. Maybe we can team up in the apocalypse. I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll why just, not? We'll see if we if we can get that travel. Maybe he's in the UK at the time. I don't know. But for <laughs> me, um, the best. Uh, comic of all time is the Swamp Thing Winter Special, and specifically the the. I mean, it, it had two stories in there. Technically, there was the uh, Len Wein um, scriptless comic at the back, which it didn't have any words through it. It was just a beautiful like artwork display that was actually a story, and it was just stunning. Um, right. But the Jason Fabok and the Tom King story for the Winter Special was. It, it was something else. Like uh, I had no. It, it, it when you it's when like you're watching a film, say, and mm. you've got that. It's like ah, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going on, and then about like halfway through, and then you slowly start to realize actually no, I have no clue what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, you're like, oh, it was so obvious all along. Um, but it was not the obvious point that I was looking at. Yeah. With the Swamp Thing Winter Special, it's just absolutely that, and it's this beautiful again story of 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 him, you know, this loss and and this uh, deep seated das seated because he's Swamp Thing um, <laughs> message nice. in the background um, of you know, and I feel like there is a little bit of a uh, an economical message there, you know, um, where our world is changing and he's and in the same way something is changing there's a lot of uh, death and regrowth but um with conditions of how the world is it's very difficult to get past this and i think that's mm. something that's portrayed a bit throughout the book um and it is it's i'm a massive swamp thing fan like i always have been right it's just uh, he's I don't know what it, what it was about something, but it always hooked onto me, especially in in the Alan Moore uh, run and everything like that. So, whenever there's an excuse for a new Swamp Thing book to come out, I'm just like, give me it. Um, but this one was this one was something else, and as, as it's been shown before, like even the cover of it is uh, it's its own thing. You know, it's it gives this message to begin with where it looks like something, you know, he's, he's looming over and on the front cover, but he's, he's actually such a gentle and, and, and nurturing soul throughout, throughout the whole book. Mm. So it, it's all this misguided and it's, that's just Tom King doing his thing. Cause he, he does that constantly, this misguided, uh, message throughout, um, where you think he's the bad guy, you know, where you, you've got that, oh, he, he doesn't really care about people, he just cares about the planet kind of thing as well. Um, but it's not really the case. He does care about everything. He cares about all life um, at the same time. So it's it, it is really such a, such a good book, and I can see why it's won so many awards. Yeah. <laughs> it has won 
an obscene amount of awards at this point. <laughs> um, but it completely deserves it. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's another one that I have to either borrow from you or, or I'll have to come down the shop and get it. For sure. Um, I think excellent. we've still got some copies left, actually. We ordered a lot. <laughs> like, oh, a lot. right. Well, yeah, understandably. We, I'll have to hunt it down, but I think we've got some. Oh, that's great, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so, uh, come on to our last uh, comics question, uh, and that sure. is, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? So, this one was, a, funnily enough, the easiest question. Um <laughs> I would 100% take my Batman number one. Um, it meant so much to me. Uh, you know, it got me back into my comics, as I said. But it's also the first book that I ever got graded. Um, so, right. I, which which was only recently, I I got it sent away to get graded. And the one thing that really stood out to me about this was. I have that much of a connection. I treasure it like a child. Uh, <laughs> it my book came back as a nine point six, uh, yeah, nine point six, which is you know it's a insanely high grading for a book that came out eight eight years ago. Um, I it should have with the amount I've moved around, you know, the amount it's been <laughs> packed away, it should have been a little bit worse for wear. But luckily, this book I've just kept so close to my heart kind of thing um it is protected and and it is not just the story but the creative uh team behind it have done a lot for me in terms of the book itself um i, I would say i've, I've got to say that um when i first got back into these comic books i needed an escape from a lot of things that were going on in personal life so uh the fact that I found this and got so hooked and it, you know, it was my, it created a world for me that was completely separate, uh, to whatever I was dealing with at the time. So it, it, it has to stay with me through the apocalypse cause it's, you know, that message to, to keep me going throughout, um, whatever I can get through, you know, and I'm sure by the, <laughs> by the, the, the point, society rebuilds itself after a nuclear apocalypse it will still be in perfect condition and no one will have touched my book um that's, that's <laughs> absolutely not guide no. your life with it yeah i'll i'll, I'll 100 be keeping it close to my chest <laughs> <laughs> nice man that's yeah. fantastic um and then along with your uh your uh what was it nine points 9.6. 9.6 graded yeah. uh, Batman number one. Uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse right. with you as well? I've always, Right, so one thing I've got to say, are we saying like that's useful in everyday life? That is easy for me to grab? However you I interpret. Like, okay, because if we're, if we're going that, I'm saying like a lightsaber. Uh, awesome. <laughs> if we're going like realistic, but I've maybe my insulin uh, like, sure. I, I, I could use it as a weapon at the same time i think maybe well yeah you can you could, you could certainly kill somebody with it yeah i would say so yeah i'll go with my insulin it's a i'll be like a diabetic ninja uh diabetic <laughs> ninja. Nice. maybe that's my new handle online the diabetic ninja i'll take that's that nice, man. love it <laughs> Great, I'd love to see that, Diabetic Ninja. You'll have to try and come up with some sort of samurai sword injection system. <laughs> I was thinking blowpipe. Like... <laughs> oh, as well, maybe that's better, actually. You're totally right. Yeah, blowpipe. Yeah, pipe. then I can, I can keep my distance. <laughs> yes, exactly. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, then no one gets close to the book. You know, no, <laughs> blowpipe, no one gets close to the book. I'm at my distance. It's good. Yeah, so it's great. Well, Aaron Thompson, thank you so much for being on Comics for the Apocalypse today. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, been it's been a great. real pleasure. Um, and uh, for the listeners one more time, where can they find you on the interwebs? Sure. Uh, well, on everything, all social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of a difficult one, so I'll just spell it out. Uh, it's Z-A-E-P-H-Y-N on everything. Uh, it'll show up. It's me being really edgy with a black and white <laughs> picture. Um, nice. how, do I, but, how do I pronounce that? It, it's Zayfin. 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 Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know why I chose it, but I did. And Sounds it's, cool. it, it's stuck. It's stuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, then other than that, there's the shop, which is uh, 
CGC Emporium or uh, Comics Games and Coffee Winchester. And then um, it's for the Chichester one, it's always Emporium uh, because they're the original one. So, yeah, everyone can find us there. And they should come down to all of our events that we have every single day. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and yeah. then look forward to uh, to WinCon. Yeah, WinCon as well. Absolutely. Um, people should buy tickets. They're available now and you can find them on their Facebook and literally just type in WinCon 2020 and you'll find everything you need to know. We've got some cool guests that I can't actually mention yet. Um, nice. but, but one of, one of them is Samuel and you'll see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With my, uh, with my big smile. Um, exactly. Try, try, try my best to entertain people. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, all of those links will be in the show notes. So make sure that you uh, you click through to all of those and check it all out, um, particularly if you're if you're in the uh, south of England um, and you can you can make WinCon definitely check that out. Um, be For sure, great, great to see everybody down there in March, uh, March twenty first, even I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, other than that, Aaron Thompson, thank you so much for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Perfect, and I'll, I, I look forward to to coming down. Uh, to picking up my copy of Swamp Th- Thing, and uh, and borrowing my uh, borrowing your, your 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 copy of Witches as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'll um, I'll get those put aside, and they'll be they'll be all sorted for you. Ready to rock. <laughs> Appreciate that. Aaron. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, mate. And I'll see you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Cheers, bye. Cheers, bye. Thanks again to Aaron for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Aaron's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.